Hey, I'm Nicole Ferraro, a contributing editor at Light Reading. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. This week on the show, we're talking with Light Reading's Ian Morris about Open RAN. Ian's been covering the latest on Open RAN, including some mixed feelings on the technology coming from network execs, with Vodafone planning commercial deployments in the next two years, and BT kicking that possibility further down the road. Ian's here to talk about the current state of Open RAN, what it all means, why it matters, and what's likely to happen next. All right, Ian, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So to start off, what's the story with Open RAN? Why is this technology especially relevant right now? And what's the latest news? Yeah, so it's it's been around for a couple of years. I, I first remember it coming up sort of early 2018 uh, as, a, as a concept, um, although I think it goes back further than that. But people were interested in it originally to you know, as a way of bringing more competition into the market and, and lowering costs. And the, the big thing about it is that the problem with today's radio access networks is you, you sort of have to buy everything from the same vendor system because you, you can't really, it's like trying to build a car uh, and then swap the components for, you know, you've got a Porsche and you try and swap the components with a Mercedes and you can't do it. And what operators want to do is they want to have a little bit of Ericsson here perhaps and then you know, and then use another vendor for another bit of the radio access network at the same site. So with OpenRAN, you could take, it's sort of a pick and mix approach really to building a network, like taking Lego blocks and piecing it together. Um, and the idea is that you, you become less dependent on one big supplier. You get these smaller software companies that can come and play a role in the market. Um, it supports innovation. It all works off sort of standardized kits, so it lowers the costs. Um, and it all sounds very appealing, and it sounds a lot more appealing in in recent months to people because it's it's become quite politicised, I think. So operators are seeing it now as a as a kind of solution to this problem of Chinese vendors in in you know in European and and some Western markets. It's become you know a big issue around the world. We're, we're all being told about it all the time. Uh, there's a lot of pressure to try and get these. Uh, Chinese vendors out of some countries, and and the big moves made. So the UK, um, in particular, is is headline news at the moment, having just taken a decision to to stop Huawei from selling any five G components basically after this year. And then operators have been told they need to have no Huawei Huawei five five G equipment at all in twenty twenty seven, I think. So so they're very much viewing Open RAN as a potential option to use in the next few years. Um, as, a, as an alternative to Huawei, and that means that they're not entirely reliant on um, on the existing options because the only other ones really at the moment they have the scale to do what Huawei does at Ericsson and Nokia. So, so they're, they're sort of seeing it as, a, as a, a kind of way of bringing another competitor into the market, I guess, and um, and dealing with this with this issue they have with the, with the Chinese companies. That's that's the way it's sort of morphed, I think. Okay, got it. Um, so you recently wrote about Vodafone and BT both having a bit of a different take on Open RAN. So I'm wondering, um, what's your take on their arguments both for and against it? Yeah, so I mean, they're both companies. They're both uh, UK-based companies. Uh, Vodafone's obviously a big global player, has networks all across um, Europe, has a big network in India, joint venture in India, networks in Africa. Uh, BT very much focused on the UK market, but they both have this issue at the moment of... Um, the UK government having decided to ban Huawei. Uh, 
And they were on a parliamentary um, committee last week talking about what, what their plans were. Um, and it's very interesting listening to the different take, as you say, that they, they both have very different perspectives on it. I think yeah. partly to do with sort of where they are in the life cycle of equipment replacement. So, um, you know, BT um, was saying that they, they're really sort of playing down the opportunity for open round to come in in the next few years and uh, and, and, and have an opportunity. And, and, and the reason for that is they've been given this quite long period to swap equipment out until about 2027. They can still actually have Huawei equipment in there. Um, BT's, you know, looking at, at replacing equipment um, to, to get rid of Huawei in about two thirds of its network. So for a start, it's very, very dependent on on Huawei. Um, Open RAN's immature, it's unproven really. You, you know, you wouldn't want to give that that bigger share instantly to an open round company. So they're thinking the best option for them now is probably to go with an established vendor. And, and I think it's very likely they'll do a big deal with Ericsson, which they don't currently use. And the trouble that you then have is you've, you've just done an equipment swap. So you want to depreciate that equipment. It sort of rules out another swap in the next few years. So it kind of squeezes the opportunity for them to bring open round in until I think Howard Watson, who's the CTO, is sort of saying about 2026, 27. Which, which isn't what the open RAN community wants to hear. I mean, that's quite a long way off. Gotcha. Vodafone's kind of very, very different perspective. I mean, they they have um, a different share in their networks. They're quite heavily reliant on Ericsson already and have Huawei in, in the remaining third. So, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't want to switch to Ericsson and have just one vendor for the whole network. You have a sort of single supplier deal. It doesn't put you in a very good position if something goes wrong with that vendor. Uh, option is Nokia, but they actually took a lot of Nokia equipment out in the last few years, which suggests they were kind of not that happy with what they were getting. So right. for them to then go back to Nokia and say, well, hang on, can you come in and play a bigger role than you had would to me seem unlikely, although I wouldn't rule that out. Um, okay. And and so that I think those things, for one, you know, make them consider Open RAM more seriously. Uh, and they're also quite a big proponent of Open RAN anyway. I mean, I would say much more so than BT. They've been very active on the stage in terms of supporting this technology. If you look at groups like the Telecom Infra Project, they've been a really big participant there. They've been carrying out quite a lot of trials with uh, two US companies, Mavenir and Parallel Wireless, in parts of the UK as well as some other countries. Um, they've been very encouraged by what they've seen from Samsung on the Open RAN front, a big South Korean vendor. Uh, and they, they kind of talked up on the, on the parliamentary committee session. They did sort of talk up um, the option of using it. I mean, maybe not straight away, but they're much more bullish than BT. I mean, Howard, uh, not Howard Watson, uh, Scott Petty, who's sort of Howard Watson's equivalent of Vodafone UK, was saying maybe 2023, I think, for a, a UK rural network and 2025 for a, a city network. But the, but the CEO of Vodafone Group's more bullish than that. I mean, he's not... He's not a technology guy, he's an accountant, so maybe he isn't quite as conscious of some of the technical challenges, but he was saying even next year to have a rural network. I mean, he didn't he didn't identify the UK, but you know, possibly a rural network in some countries next year and a city networks the year after that, which would be quite dramatic. I mean, I think that's moving more quickly than a lot of um, experts would say is possible, but but um, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's definitely got a huge amount of momentum at the moment because of what's going on on the Huawei front. And I think people were already interested in the technology as, a, as a, just as a way of bringing competition to the market. The trouble with taking out this massive Chinese vendor is that you, you don't want the market to then become a duopoly with these two Nordic 
um, suppliers. It's not, right. not it's not a sort of reflection of the fact I don't think that they're not good enough. It's just, you know, the operators want to keep it competitive and they want to have a, they want to have other options. Um, so everybody's talking about it. It really is a kind of hot technology issue of the moment in when it comes yeah. to IG RAM. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, certainly a lot to keep your eye on, but anything in particular you're going to be watching in the coming weeks as far as Open RAN is concerned? Yeah, I think, I mean, watching what else happens in Europe, um, simply because they're, they're also under pressure to do something about Huawei. You have markets that are really, really dependent. The Germany is very, very interesting where there you know been some resistance among the operators to, to swapping it out because of the cost of doing that and the delays. But you know, if it does happen, then they, again, they have to bring in alternative vendors. And, you know, you listen to someone like um, Alex Choi, who's um, senior technology guy at Deutsche Telekom. He's very, very enthusiastic about it. Um, I'm so, I'm interested in what Telefonic is doing potentially in Europe as well. They're um, the Spanish incumbent, but they also have networks in Latin America. They have a big network in Germany, they have a big network in the, in, in the UK. And they've been very much like Vodafone, a kind of um, pioneer, Pioneer, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but they've certainly been heavily involved in trials. They've really been promoting the technology within the telecom infra project. So, so I'm, I'm sort of interested to see what happens on that level. And I think on the other side of it, it's just seeing how the technology itself's moving. You know, there's, there's, there's always been concerns about Open RAN not quite measuring up to traditional equipment when it comes to performance. You, you're relying on sort of general purpose processors. And if you talk to a lot of the experts, they say, and the operators themselves actually will say, you know, when it comes to really advanced 5G services that require a lot of bandwidth and you know you really need um you really need to have sort of uh, something very very sophisticated on the chip side that the customized gear is just a lot more power efficient it's a lot better for doing that kind of thing um and i think that's one challenge that needs to be resolved they need to show that they can overcome that they need to show the the other problem is bringing lots of companies in having these multi vendor networks where you have different suppliers playing in the same space it requires more effort on the part of the operator. All of a sudden, they're having to manage three or four different vendors and make sure right. their equipment works together well. You know, And if something goes wrong in the past, you just phone Ericsson up and you say, something's gone wrong, Ericsson comes and sorts it out. But if something goes wrong with Open RAN, then who, who takes responsibility? You know, do, you, do you bring a systems integrator in to do that or does one company take the lead? So I think that's the other thing that operators have been concerned about. And that's another area I think it's worth keeping an eye on it, the companies that are deployed. Just, just seeing what they're doing on that front, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ian. This is fascinating. And I look forward to reading more of your writing on Open RAN. Great. Thanks, Nicole. Nice to speak to you. You too. See you soon. Thank you so much, Ian Morris, for taking the time to talk with me today. We'll be keeping an eye out for all of your stories. Thank you to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share this episode with a colleague or friend, and subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. That's the story for now. We'll be back next week.